Impex Pre-Owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and ImpexPreOwned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg on a cold but nice morning. And we uh, welcome everybody here where we're going to do a little uh, Black History Month celebration and talk to some uh, some people that we've talked to in the past, like uh, Tony McFarland, whose father was, uh, I keep calling him the crew chief, but he was a mechanic from here in Spartanburg for Wendell Scott. And um, her brother, Trey, along with, um, we have a diversity, uh, part of the diversity program that NASCAR has, um, with a driver by the name of Reggie Primus, who has been involved with that and is a short track driver up in North Carolina and all around the south southeast. And, uh, and uh, Ronnie, we're thinking about you. Ronnie Black can't be with us this morning, but hopefully we'll get him back real soon. Good morning, Greg. What's going on, Perry? Well, you tell me. Did you watch any racing last weekend? Uh, got to see some pretty interesting racing. Re- really did. I-, I was impressed with Daytona's crowd. It was uh, packed. It was packed, uh, had a real competitive race. It, they had some wrecks and stuff that probably shouldn't have happened, but uh, you're going to have that when they, they get hooked up. But I, I thought all in all we saw some pretty good racing. Yeah, it was a good weekend of racing. And, uh, we're going to get into all of that in depth a little bit later. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Perry. Anything happening locally around here? Uh, a little bit of local stuff starting up, uh, a little bit of Racing last night at Cherokee Speedway, but we did have some racing going on last week at Livonia and Carolina. You know, they they pretty well close. They've been about 100 miles from here. Yeah. What do you think about Daytona? I like Daytona. I liked it. I love them new cars. But it's you know, I've, uh, y'all educated me last week. I know I said it, but uh, after talking, to, after, after the things that Greg said and then Mike Hill talking about the 1964 Chevrolet trailing arms and the 1968 Ford rear ends and everything about how this car is closer to stock than than they've been in years and I, I never dawned on me but you know that's absolutely true and uh, I like the new car and a lot of things you didn't see is uh, four tire changes every time you hit pit road people just come in and got some fuel and left and uh, it played a big part of the race. Let me ask you a question, and either one of you can answer this. But if you, I'm, I know you both watched the race, uh, and they have to, they they levied some pretty hefty fines on people that that lost a tire, a wheel. Uh, I think two crew chiefs are out for four weeks, uh, being penalized for that. But it looked like that one wheel that broke. Uh, I can't remember who it was on now. It might have been uh, Gilliland or somebody. It looked like it broke. Uh, you know, and I don't know how that could be on the crew chief. Maybe it was loose or something, but it looked like the wheel broke, and I don't know if this is something it, that they're going to need to look at or what. It kind of got cut down by the rotor. That was pretty much the uh, opinion of NASCAR three days later. Okay. 
Uh, it wasn't as much as uh, the wheel broke. Is whenever it got loose in there, it got caught on the brake hub and the rotor and stuff, and it kind of tore it apart that way. But I can I see mean, how that would. But that. you did see, uh, I think they're going to let them do what Penske and all of them was doing last week. They're going to let them chamfer the holes because uh, some of the teams did have a problem getting that one, you know. That, that lines up on those pins. Lines up on the pins in the back of the wheel. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, it is a, I ain't going to say a little difficult thing, but when your teams are on pit road and it comes down to it, you got to be precise. Well, your brother Mike told us that. He said you got to clean. You got to be able to clean up your wheels. Got to be able to clean them up. Got to be able to take uh, when you take put uh, aluminum up against something. It gets real hot. It is gonna. It is gonna. I ain't gonna say melt, but it's gonna burr up. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, Alan, you mentioned that last week. You had predict. You had talked about the fact that they weren't chamfered. You, you and Mike both. Uh, you got to at least deburr it or do something. I mean, I don't understand the reason on that. You know, you got to have a little bit of chamfer on it. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah. You, they don't want you to put it up on a lathe, put an ideal entrance or something on it. But they're, they're a little wrong on that. They're bad wrong. They got to give a little bit of lead weight, and, and it, it cause less problems. You'd have to do your rods in a motor. You know, you have to do all your rods. You have to kind of chamfer it sharp edge off of it so that uh they won't rub things i mean that's that's part of racing i mean don't get me wrong there is no competition advantage, advantage. in it yeah. as far as on the racetrack yeah and uh, it's just getting being able to do your job being able to help do your job just make it a little bit easier and like i said there was no advantage in chamfering them holes back there i mean so uh, let the boys do it, and let's get back to racing. Yeah. Well, they had some racing, and um, Greg, you were talking about the crashes and everything, and and uh, some of them were unnecessary. I think they could have probably eliminated two of them if uh, Keselowski hadn't been out there. <laughs> As I started to say that, Allen holds up uh, five fingers on one hand and one on the other for the, the sixth car. He was, uh, I tell you what, he was Bumping, bump drafting with uh, Harrison Burton in the turn, which uh, new car or old car, I just don't think you can pull that off in the turn. Some were doing it, some wouldn't. But if you could, but he was doing it it to a rookie who had never been out. I mean, he's been had a few laps around there, but not with these boys. But a rookie won the race, so Perry. Well, I know that. (laughs) I know that, and and his semi teammate. But I'm, I'm just saying that you know he. uh, it's not like you were you were doing it to Kevin Harvick. Yeah. I mean, you're doing it to a 20 year old guy or 21 or whatever he is, and he uh, he just couldn't handle it. And, and I don't know if anybody could have, but it, but that wasn't enough. Keselowski had to do it again later on. Well, there's a couple of them come on radio. The older guy or the veteran guys, yeah. tell him do not bump me in the corners <laughs> and stuff like that. But the new guys, don't get me wrong. Oh, just go ahead, hit me. <laughs> uh, well. You know, it, it made for an exciting race and uh, a heck of a finish where, I tell you what, being Black History Month, Bubba Wallace came within half a car length of winning the Daytona 500 because Cindric went up there to block um, his teammate. Was it was it Logano or it was Keselowski, wasn't it? He went up there, I think, to block Keselowski, and he got back down just in. Ryan Newman. 
I mean, not Ryan Newman, Ryan Blaney. Blaney, that's yeah, right, Blaney. Ryan Blaney. And he got back down just in time to uh, to beat Bubba Wallace to the line. Because when he went up there to block Blaney, um, it, it opened the path for uh, for Bubba Wallace. And I said, man, he's going to win this thing. And all this was happening within split seconds between the fourth turn and the finish line. And um, he he almost pulled it off. He almost made it. We got to talk also about uh, poor old Jeremy. I mean, he, uh, I tell you what, he started 34th. Was it 34th or 37th? He started 34th, I believe. And by the 13th lap when they, that bum took him out, he was up to 7th place. He was passing cars as fast as he could get to them. Yes, he was. Uh, like I said, whenever I first turned it on, I thought he was going to be in trouble back there at the back. But uh, he sure did show us uh, that he had a fast card in the draft and, he come to the front, and then all of a sudden, it just didn't play out. Well, I see he started 35th. I just checked it, which was next to next to last. But he he, uh, he run he he drafted up once that thing got going. It had to be handling real good, and lots of times you'll have a car that's run better in the draft, whether it be the cow or something. I know they got all the air boxes stock, all this stuff now, but there's there's a few subtle things that can be done. It slow, makes the car a little bit slower, but better in the draft. And I don't know if they've done that, but he sure was coming on. I thought he might get stuck in a hole yep. and in the front pack get away, but he didn't. I'd rather have a car that drafts better than to have a car that qualifies good. Oh, yeah. heck I mean, yeah. yeah. How many times but, have we seen uh, a car that... that did, uh, did you notice in the in the Cup Series that they had that kind of a square hole up in the middle of a windshield? What was that? I hadn't asked my brother yet, but... I, I don't know. That. I don't, I, I'm not sure what you're talking about. They uh, they look like just uh, look like a handle up in the middle of the windshield and stuff. Know. But uh, maybe I that's. The, I don't. I don't know if that's the new air intake for the carburetor, where it's at. You know, it used. To well, be you right, were asking last week, where's that cow? Yep, it that, used to be right there at the bottom of the windshield, and we all used to try to play with that thing. If you could get that thing at the back, get it raised up about. A, eighth of an inch to where he catch more air get it down to that carburetor but uh i hadn't noticed it this year but another thing is we got to do away with them hood flaps well they need to attach them better that's for sure because uh, they were they were just if the car gets around backwards now don't get me wrong there's no air gets up underneath that car because you've seen the whole panel up underneath them did race you cars. see that when when harrison burton got upside down on the backstretch it looked like an indy car or one of those uh emsa cars it was there was no drive shaft showing, and uh, and uh, you know all the other the, the exhaust pipes and all that yep. stuff. It was it was smooth. It was smooth under there. All you had was them three or four fins at the back, and uh, yep. something about that. Uh, I don't think it that car didn't like getting around backwards because uh, them fins are working reverse. And you know what? That car must be uh, it must be pretty bottom heavy. Because it's a wonder he didn't flip about ten times down the backstretch. But when it sat back down on the wheels, it it tried to go over, you know, again. But it it settled back down on the wheels, and that was a that was a good thing. And another thing these cars don't like is a flat tire. <laughs> no, no, you can't. You, you can't go nowhere you can't, on a flat tire. You can be stuck, especially if you're in the grass. <laughs> yep. With a flat tire, and uh, they uh, even if you make it to the pits, you know. You got to have somebody help lift the car up to get the jack underneath it. You know, the one thing we went to these these 
bigger wheels is because we need bigger brake packages for the road courses and stuff. But whenever you go to Daytona, that's one place I don't think we really need brakes. But they still had the big brake package up on these cars, even though I think in today's time, uh, the rotors, if you noticed them, them rotors were probably carbon fiber rotors and stuff. So they are probably still lighter than what the steel are. And uh, the brake packages, the brake, I mean, the brake caliper. Yeah. That's well, one of the big, biggest thing that that they've done, and uh, you know the brakes have gotten so much better in the past twenty years. Uh, it's incredible. But that smooth underside, yeah, that, that reminded me, and, and I think it lowers us. Got to get the center of gravity lower, you know, which is good, keeps the car down. But yeah, the first thing I thought of, we, we were sitting there watching on big screen TV, and uh, Miami Richard Petty's. Remember, he had the yep. smooth underside one time. This yep. Florida had front spoiler. Yep. And Richard Petty and them guys, they, anything they could get away with with Bondo or whatever, and they had that thing just about, it wasn't it wasn't near the effect of what they had on this, but it had a smooth underside, and it was Petty blue, and it looked just about as good on the underside as it did <laughs> on the outside, and Petty always had a good car. But I think that was one of the things I didn't understand. What was the deal with the tailpipes coming out in front of the drive. I mean... Now they, they, nowadays, your drivers got that air filtration system. Back in the old days, your drivers didn't have all that air filtration system, and they made them take the exhaust pipes out behind the driver because the car would fill it with uh, carbon monoxide and kind of put them to sleep, kind of like Casey Kane. Well, that's, that, but that, but that, now, that hurt Rick Mast. Yeah. I, that's what got him out of racing, pretty much. Was They we said all, the carbon monoxide just made him goofy permanently. Yeah. We all went to the racetrack with a shorter set of headers, but then when NASCAR told you you had to get them, they, they kind of held that three-foot ruler up there beside it and looked where the driver's head was and said, you've got to get these exhaust pipes further back. But guess what? Now you got the drivers. Well, you see them with the enclosed helmets and stuff like that where they got their own air system feeding their their air to them, so now they don't have to worry about carbon monoxide getting into the car. And they moved it closer, I think, like four inches closer to the center of the car. Oh, yeah. And uh, and the exhaust is coming out both sides. Both sides. is up a little bit higher. You don't have to worry about dragging them off. Whenever we went to Bristol, you always run the pipes to the left side, whereas you went to Bristol, I mean, they was at the left side, because if you hung them on the right side, they'd drag them off down at Bristol. And they would, uh, they'd cut tires. Oh, yeah. Now they're flush with the side of the car. Yep. So, uh, uh, but getting back to Jeremy for a moment, and, and we'll we'll touch on it again later. But he uh, he was a victim of Drew Dollar, um, who had the dubious distinction of crashing in three straight races last weekend. I didn't realize that until Jeremy said it on open mic the other day, which I was listening to, and he's still angry about it. But uh, they uh, he wrecked in the truck race, the ARCA race. And then about an hour or so later in the Xfinity race and, and took people with him every time. And how in the world, and Jeremy pretty much said that he, he bought that ride, you know, somehow. Uh, that's a that's a Joe Gibbs car. Yep. And I, I'm kind of, if Joe Gibbs, if somebody handed Joe Gibbs a wad of money to put that kid in the car, then that's, a, you know, people have been buying rides for decades, but, you know, this guy, they ought to give a second look to, especially a top-flight car like that. But you got to give credit to the man that won the race. What did my brother say? A-heel. 
Yeah, A Hill. I think it was a good weekend for you for your first name to be Austin, Austin Hill and Austin Sendry. It was a good. <laughs> it was a good week for that. But I tell you what, let's uh, let's take our first break and come back. And Alan, I'm going to turn it over to you and let you uh, tell us what's going on locally. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership. Family-owned and operated, Jamie Nodine and his wife Rita are Boiling Springs natives and are proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. Jamie and his staff are committed to providing excellent customer service and making sure your experience is simple, transparent, and fair. Visit Impex Pre-Owned today. Conveniently located up I-26 on Asheville Highway. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante! 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante! Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than a Plante? Call it! Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. Have you been in a car or motorcycle wreck or an accident involving an 18-wheeler? Have you been injured in a workplace accident? If any of these things happen to you, you need to call the Carolina Law Group today. The Carolina Law Group isn't afraid of the big insurance companies, and they will fight for you. Call today to speak with an attorney for a free consultation. In Spartanburg and Greer, call 757-5555, and in Greenville, call 312-4444. The Carolina Law Group attorneys are your local injury lawyers with four convenient locations to serve you in Spartanburg, Greenville, and Greer. Visit them online today at thecarolinalawgroup.com. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like R.J. Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. And when there's a bad moon rising, that means it's time for Allen Hill's local results. Go, go, buddy. All right. We're going to start off at Livonia Speedway. 
They had uh, nine divisions down there racing last weekend. Over 125 cars showed up for them nine divisions. That's a lot of cars. That is a lot of cars. We're going to start off with the 602 late models. First place went to David Smith, guy that we've had on the show before. Yeah. Uh, he's kind. He's kind of like a gun for hire. He'll go get in a good car, and usually he uh, he wins. Second place went to Drew Collins. Third place went to Austin Mintz. In the stock four division, first place went to Marcus Hughes. Kyle Bronson was second. John, Johnny Reigns was third. In the sharp mini late models, this is like a this is like a late model car with a motorcycle motor in it, seven fifty cc's and. Uh, kind of like your legends cars up here at charlotte speedway except they just kind of moved that division to where you can make it into like a super late model car that engine's big enough yes it is uh first place went to ryan brown second went to mitchell godfrey third went to william horton uh in the limited late models first place went to sean thomas second went to kenny collins third went to drew collins in the modified street division first place went to jimmy johnson (laughs) Well, he's getting around, isn't he? He is getting around. <laughs> he's sort of, sort of lowering his sights a little bit, too. Yeah. Second place went to Ty Nally. Third went to Andy Stewart. In the Stock 8 division, first place went to Jimmy Johnson. Well, he's good. He is good. He jumped from one car and went over and got in another car, and he won again. So a good weekend for Jimmy Johnson, which Jimmy hadn't had too many good weekends here no. lately. But uh, second went to Brandon Hedden. Third went to Justin Soros. In the Open Wheel Modified Division, first place went to Jeff Robinson. Second went to Jason Alters. And third went to Brian Nickerson. In the Young Gun Division, first place went to Cameron Fowler. Second went to Drew Hortons. And third went to Colton Bryant. In the Front Wheel Drive Division, first place went to Joey Kelly. Second went to Chris Bobo. Third went to Travis Jameson. Now move up here to Carolina Speedway up in Gastonia. Had five divisions racing up there. In the Thunder Bomber division, first place went to Hunter, Hunter Funderburk. That's a mouthful. Yes, it is. Hunter second, Funderburk. Second went to Benji Knight. Third went to Justin Barber. In the Hornets division, first place went to Kel Deese. Second went to Rudy Estes. Third went to TJ Slack. In the Super Sportsman division, first place went to Trey Beatty. Uh, second went to Bailey Lofton. Third went to Timbo Magnum. In the Pure Street Division, first place went to Peebo Johnson. Second went to Johnny Mullinax. And third went to Grayson Sutton. Timbo and Peebo. Yep. And Blue Ridge Outlaw Late Models, the big main event. Timbo Magnum won in it. Uh, you know, I got a cousin, Timbo. And uh, second place went to Matthew Nance. And third went to Chuck Smith. Okay. Last night, at Livonia Speedway, they had the Dryden Extreme Dirt Cars. Livonia usually runs on Friday night, so uh, we're going to have to start backing up to there. Uh, they had the Dryden Extreme Late Models there. They had a big 40-lap feature. First, win, first place went to Cody Overton. Second went to Dalton Cook. Third went to Ben Watkins. Fourth went to Carson Ferguson. And fifth went to Peyton Freeman. Also there, they had the stock V8s there. Justin Sorrow, first place. Second went to Drew Griffith. And third went to Austin Roberts. In the 602 Charger Division, first place went to Drake Carson. Second went to Dylan Beavers. And third went to Clay Frencher. 
Okay. We're going to start off uh, last night. We're going to, well, Cherokee Speedway. They got the big uh, open wheel modified show there this weekend. Started off on Thursday night practice, Friday night qualifying. Saturday's going to be the big show there. This is the big open wheel modified. So they're calling this the Rebel 50. Over $75,000 in total purse. Uh, gates is opening today at 2 p.m. Drivers meeting at 4 30. Uh, racing is going to start at 6 p.m. Grandstands are $30 to get in. Pits are going to be $40. Uh, some of our uh, light model boys, uh, Stuart Friesen, he hmm. drives in one of these deals, and also his wife does. Yeah, his, Did you know his, that? Yep, his wife, uh, and he ran the truck race at Bristol last year. <clears throat> And the Modifieds there, they had over 56 cars show up for qualifying, so a lot of them boys is going to be going for last chance qualifying races, and some of them going to be going home. In the 602 division in the Open Hill Modifieds, they had over 31 cars show up. Also there last night, they had a big Mid-East Street Stock race, paid $1,500 to win. Uh, first place went to Damian Crump, second went to Dalton Peavy, third went to Hank Taylor. Also, uh... Thunder Bombers were there. Hunter Thunderbird again. You said it. You you say it much slower now. I do. I, <laughs> I kind of noticed that too. He's from uh, he's from Rock Hill, so he's kind of in between both places. He's kind of in between Gastonia Speedway and Cherokee Speedway. So uh, he's on a roll. Don't let this guy get on a roll at the beginning of the season because I I, I said his name quite a few times last year too. Yeah. Second place went to Justin Watts, and third place went to Justin Barber. Okay, like I said, uh, tonight, they're going to have the big main event there, but also, right up the street, Harris Speedway. They're going to have a 15-lap flagpole race. What is, I what? don't know what flagpole race is. I don't know. I've never some, heard of that Somebody, one. Somebody will probably text me here in just a second, let me know what a flagpole race is. But I know what a flag and I know what a pole is, but <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of yeah, flagpole. I've seen some figure eight races. But they're going to pay $500 to win in this flagpole race. Also, 150-lap enduro race, paying $1,000 to win, plus a stock demolition derby, $1,000 to win. Uh, pits open, 9 a.m. this morning. Tekken is going on right now. Started at 10 a.m. Grandstands is going to be opening at 11 a.m. Racing starts at 1 p.m. this afternoon. So uh, you can go there, watch the race at Harris, and then just pack up and go on over to Cherokee tonight and watch that big Rebel 50 race over there. Just come right down 221, get on 11, and head on over to Harris. Yeah. Uh, to Cherokee. Cherokee, because a lot of guys last year, if you heard me announce it, somehow or another they win at Cherokee and then pack up and haul tail up to Traverse yeah. Rest and uh, went up there at Traverse, I mean, not Traverse Harris. Rest, but Harris, too. Thing about Traverse Rest, uh, Traverse Rest has not started their season. Uh, got a big notice here. It says uh, 2022 season starts on March 11th and 12th. Be uh, uh, On the 11th, be open practice, and on the 12th, be race day. So uh, that'd be, that'd be time-changing, too, won't it? Yeah. So, uh we're going to start getting into a lot of our local racing. and uh, Sounds like they're open for business. Uh, they they start to get open pretty good. Sounds to me like the, the purses at these races, and, uh, you know, you mentioned it the past couple of seasons. The purses at a lot of these short tracks has come up. Yes, it has. And, it, and, and I mean, these guys are running for some decent money. 
now. I mean, don't get me wrong, it takes a ton of money to put cars, especially one as good as yours and everything. But they're paying, they're paying a lot more. So these guys, uh, they need every nickel they can. It's good to purchase it up. And if they can go to two places and run good or win both of them or run third in both of them, they're going to make them a little bit of money. Well, from what I hear, your super late ball tires is over $200 a piece now. So uh, everything is kind of like everything else around here. And I'd hate to even know what a racing fuel costs now. Mm-hmm. I, I bet you racing, racing fuel, I bet you it's probably up to $10, $12 a gallon right now. Um, did you get any kind of report from Mr. Wilson? Mr. Wilson went to Livonia yeah, Speedway. I knew he was going down there. <laughs> and guess what? I don't know. This week he's sick. He's not going I anywhere. Not, I have not heard from him, and yesterday I called him, and you should hear him on the on the telephone. I looked at him, and I said, I don't feel sorry for you. <laughs> well, that wasn't very nice. <laughs> well, take off and go to Livonia, and now he's going to miss, uh, he got reserved seating at Cherokee Speedway. Oh. So I started calling him up and say, hey, let me have your pass, and I'll go over to Cherokee Speedway tonight and sit in your spot. I believe they'd probably let you in without paying. I probably would, but especially if you were towing something. Uh, that's no, not going to happen. If you're towing something, you got to pay big time. Oh, is that right? <laughs> you uh, know, Greg and Alan, um, you're talking about the larger purses and, and everything. Uh, and we were talking about out, at, out there in the lobby earlier. You know, racing is healthy. I mean, I don't know that I've seen it this healthy because uh, as we were talking and I was saying, they – they start 24 cars in an IndyCar race, except the 500 when, they, of course, they have 33. But uh, there's 26 full-time teams right now, and that's uh, in that, IndyCar. That's expensive, that, and that's, that's healthy. That is healthy. I'm glad to see it coming back. And, uh, you know, Daytona had a few boys have to go home from Daytona. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's a good thing. That is a good thing. And it's just like you got to have it where you got to race into the field. And, and Perry mentioned this time and time again, and just like at Indy. I know they've changed some things around a little bit. It's always been, and I hope it's the, you got 33 starters, and if you can't qualify 33rd, your rear end packs up. They don't and have any provisionals. They don't have any uh, charter members. They just 33 fastest go, go at Indy, and the 26 fastest will go at St. Petersburg. And uh, I bet at Indy, though, they're going to have pretty good field. I think we have a uh, somebody has reported in. What you got, Alan? During a lap, you must circle around a flag that has you cross traffic as you exit, kind of like a figure eight race. Where's the in flag? Other words, in other words, they put the flagpole out there somewhere. You know, at Harris, there's no inside guardrail. Okay. So you can you can come off the racetrack just about anywhere, and they, they'll probably put a flagpole somewhere up on the back straightaway, somewhere to where once you come off the second turn, you got to go in there and circle that flagpole, and if as you are the leader and you start circling that flagpole, you got probably fifth, sixth, seventh place back here starting to get into the flagpole. They're going to get into the flagpole. I tell you that right now. The flagpole I, might not be the last thing up right now. Well, let's, let's hope they don't concrete it in and make it uh, the carbon I, fiber where it don't give. I don't know where they. I don't know where they came up I, with that idea. I, I believe I. I wonder how many flagpoles they got to put up. They better have some extras. <laughs> I'd like to be the flagpole guy that, that sells them. I tell you, that's a. 
whoever sold him on that deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was a good sale. He was. He, he could, uh, he could make some money somewhere. Well, you know, but getting back to what I was saying about the health of, of, of the racing, you know, it's a, it's, I, you'd think it would be the other way around with all the lockdowns and slowdowns and everything we've had with this COVID, which thankfully looks like it may be coming to an end, um, hopefully, unless some some other wacky strain comes through. But uh, it, it's uh, it delayed the next generation car a year coming out, and so it's out now. And IndyCar is looking good. They're they're actually lining up to buy Formula One teams because I was reading about that, and you have to you have to be qualified to have a Formula One team. I didn't realize that, but there's you've, it's not just a money thing that if you throw money at it, you can buy a Formula One team. You gotta you've almost got to be qualified to to do that. And I, I think one of the stipulations is that you have to be able to go to like. 20 something countries a year you know they don't want they don't want you just like nascar and they've never liked this it's just showing up when you want to they want you there every week and be a member of the show so they can advertise you and everything instead of like you know when pearson drove for the wood brothers he they pretty much raced when they wanted to and they usually came in there and won and uh yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah greg knows that firsthand let me ask you a question greg we got about two minutes here and I, I I meant to ask you this last week, and I don't. I, this shouldn't be too off the cuff of a remark, but how did it feel to win the Daytona 500? Your team won it in 1978 with Bobby Allison, and coming from 33rd with a, a car you wrecked in, a, in the qualifying race. I mean, how did that feel? There's nothing bigger in NASCAR, even though it's. You know, it's kind of like what I would say we run our Super Bowl first race. I'm going to tell you what. it. You know, we'd run second so many times, run third, been leading and got knocked out, blowed motors and everything. Won the July race, win the qualifier, but not the 500. But we couldn't never. And, and it's, for one thing, it seems like it's a motivational thing for everything. Because later on that year, you know, we just won. We hadn't have broke. We should have won, won about five races. Should have won about ten, but our motors were still fragile because of the Ford and everything. But you finished it's, second in points. But that, but the, yeah, we did. Uh, but he even won the last race. Forgot about that. I pulled it up on YouTube in Ontario. But uh, it's a life changing thing. I mean, I was just like plumb numb. As many times I've been to racetracks and seen us win, you know. But to win the Daytona 500. It's kind of like Darrell Walter, you know, when he, he he got on there when he was driving that 17 car, said, "Is this the Daytona? I've won the Daytona 500." That was got to pinch yourself. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like this really is happening, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it it's it's that incredible, or it was it was for us, and I, I think it is for anybody that does. It was, it was about about half to, uh, you know, this is. Tough deal to win. You got the qualifiers to go through. The track changes. Used to always change. Uh, at least slow down two tenths. But yeah, it it it. I still it, is, it lingers in my mind. Everything about that race last few laps. I meant to ask you that last week. Well, we got Deb on hold, so let's go ahead and take our next break and come back and 
talked to somebody that was down there and uh, has some firsthand knowledge of uh, everything that went on during Speed Weeks in Daytona. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Ricky's Drive-In West and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway are your go-to stops for chili dogs, cheeseburgers, and so much more. Right now, all combos are just $6, and all kids' meals are just $3. And it's easier than ever to take advantage of these deals with their convenient drive through Do you have a big appetite or several mouths to feed? Ask for the drive through special. Ten hot dogs, a large fry, and a gallon of tea for just $22.99. Ricky's Drive-In West on Blackstock Road and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway. The drive through is open. If you're riding around in your car listening to a game and your car radio sounds like this, and you want it to sound like this, there's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Then you need to visit Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Elite Audio sells and installs premium audio systems for your vehicle. Car stereo speakers, DVD players, navigation systems, and so much more. So stop riding around listening to busted speakers and subpar audio quality and visit Elite Audio today online at EliteAudioOnline.com. Elite Audio, 1504 Asheville Highway. You dream it, we build it. Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. River Falls Plantation, a Gary Player signature course, is open to the public. Membership opportunities are available, though, including family, corporate, and individual memberships. They offer a discounted membership for seniors over 60 and juniors under 30. But you heard me right. You don't have to be a member to play at the beautiful course at River Falls. Don't have time for a full 18? Why not nine for just $25 every Monday through Friday? Schedule your tee time today by calling 433-9192 or go online to riverfallsgolf.com. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company, keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting spartan-waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time, every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community, where they work and live, clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASE certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. McDonald's is hiring right now. Get more than just a job. Start building your future today. Working at McDonald's, you'll get paid time off, health care benefits, free employee meals, competitive wages, and a flexible schedule. Apply today at McDonald's.com slash made. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's and McDonald's independently owned and operated franchisees are equal opportunity employers committed to a diverse and inclusive workforce. Most McDonald's restaurants are operated by franchisees who are independent employers and set their own employment policies and practices for their employees. The benefits described here are available at McDonald's-owned restaurants and participating franchisees. Summer in the city, back 
And welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And I got into a discussion there with the boys in the studio and forgot to cue up uh, Deb's intro. So I'm sorry, Deb. How are you this morning? Oh, that's all right. I'm just fine. How about yourself? Well, I started to make some race car noises, but uh, I figured we could do. <laughs> I figured we could do without it one week. Well, I hope yeah, you had. I, think so. I hope you had a pleasant time down in Daytona, and uh, I'm sure uh, you got to rekindle some old friendships and see everybody how was it well the weather was wonderful and it's the best weather that i think we've had for speed weeks in a long time no rain you know there was a few light rain showers but nothing got delayed you know everything went off on time and it was a sellout so it was back to the old getting up at five in the morning to make sure you get in on time for the race on the day of the daytona 500 and you know as always there's a long days. It's a lot different than it used to be because of so much racing at night. You basically are at the hotel long enough to sleep and take a shower and maybe grab something to eat on the way in in the mornings. But media day was a very long day. We started at 8 and ended at 4.30. And then, of course, we had Daytona 500 qualifying that evening starting at 8. So I started that day at 5 a.m., and ended it at 1 a.m. the next morning. So a lot of work, a lot of good stories. I could have written 24 hours a day the entire time I was there and probably not getting all of them, you know, still had stories to write. But uh, it was, you know, uh, interviewing 30 drivers in an eight-hour period um, kind of take its toll on you mentally. (laughs) So, uh, okay, so we had a very exciting uh, Daytona 500. All the races were good, actually. What? But, uh, they were. What about uh, Austin Sendrick winning that race and the way he did it? He went up and blocked uh, his teammate and then got back down in time to nip uh, Bubba Wallace, who uh, actually I'd have loved to have seen Bubba win that race. But uh, what's your takeaways from the 500? Well, you know, they're still doing a lot of learning with the new car, and everyone expected that. I think that's evident with the decision NASCAR came down with this week regarding the wheels they confiscated from Team Penske and also RFK Racing. It's kind of like back when we were first starting back in 1949, and Bill France Sr. came up and said, you can't make any modifications, and then they started realizing they needed to do things for safety. So... It seems like we've gone back to square one, so to speak. But I thought the racing was excellent. I think they still need to look at um, maybe the airflow. Uh, You know, cars, I mean, physics, cars are going to go airborne if they're hit just right. But uh, Harrison Burton took a nasty spill, and so did Myatt Snyder. uh, Myatt was really bad, but but that wasn't with a new car. That was with the Xfinity. But with, uh, with Harrison Burton's car, though, we were all impressed. When we got to see what the bottom of it looked like, and as I was saying earlier in the show today, when it settled back down on its wheels, it, it kind of thought about turning over a few more times, but it didn't. And and it was really just uh, an up in the air and back in the, on the ground kind of thing. And uh, I mean, it, it did flip one time, I believe, but, you know, that was, uh, I don't know if that's a product of the new car or what, or he was just lucky, but uh, um, 
he could have flipped twenty, uh, you know, fifteen times, you know, back in in the older days. So I, I, yeah, I, I was impressed I go, that it settled down. Yeah. Before I go to that, I wanted to finish something I was going to say about Maya Snyder. Okay. Richard Childress noted that that car was a car that uh, they built last year. So that was an RCR Xfinity car they had constructed last year, and they had sold it to Jordan Anderson. But now to the new next-gen car, that was one reason that NASCAR did the underside of the car and made it the way they did was in an effort to give it more ground ground effects to keep it down to where it wouldn't do what Myatt Snyder's did on Saturday. So that's one thing they worked on with the air diffuser and everything. So I think they'll continue to look at it and uh, how the wind played an effect on that as well. But uh, I think the next-gen car had a very, very successful outing. I think that Austin Sendrick and Team Penske have been trying to make Ryan Blaney's feelings feel a little bit better because Austin Sendrick said that specifically he wouldn't have won that race had Blaney not pushed him like he did. And, uh, of course, the game plan after what happened last year was not was to make sure it didn't happen again this year, right. but to make sure that they were in a position where they knew one of the Team Penske drivers were going to win and then make their move, which is what Blaney did. But uh, everyone that I've heard either interviewed this week from Team Penske or that I've talked with from Team Penske has specifically said, you know, Ryan Blaney's the reason that Austin Sendrick won the race is because of the way he pushed him. So they've tried to nurse Blaney's feelings a little bit, but I don't know how much it's going to to help him have the anger that he felt towards Austin Sendrick for coming up to blocking. Yeah. What about uh, Brad Keselowski? Is he taking on the role of kind of a villain, or is he just? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I, he was really he was really pounding on uh, Harrison Burton in the turns there and everything. And not the most experienced driver out there, Harrison Burton. I know he knows his way around, but uh, what's the general feeling of the the rest of the boys and girls against uh, about Keselowski? You know, it's been interesting listening to some of the fans this week on Sirius XM. And, of course, a lot of people say, you know, Brad shouldn't have been beating on Harrison that early in the race. But then someone else pointed out that Harrison's car was loose. And then they were talking also that Brad was didn't drive any differently this race, and he does all restrictor plates, or they're not restrictor plates anymore, but... Uh, any of the super speedway races, they have tapered spacers now. But he, um, you know, it. it's like one person, I thought, analyzed it rather interestingly and said, if you had talked to Harrison Burton or Ricky Stenhouse Jr. the lap before, they would have been saying, I need somebody to push me, get somebody to push me. So it's almost like one minute you're the hero and the next minute you're the villain and they can flip-flop on a thousandth of a second at the super speedways at Talladega and Daytona. Well, I've never seen pushing in the turns, uh, you know, always come out. Well, you definitely anyway. don't push in the turn. Right. Yeah, yeah, you definitely don't push in the turn. You know, that'll definitely spin somebody. But uh, normally you're, you're pushing, you're supposed to push in the straightaways and, of course, one thing that Joy Logano pointed out during media day was that the ba- the bumpers are not 
straight like they were on the old car. They're rounded now, and that makes it more difficult to line up with them and to push like they used to push because they are the rounded bumpers. So I'd say that's something that they're learning as well is how to do the push at the super speedways with the new bumpers because of the different design and the rounded design. Was that done for that purpose, I mean, if they wanted them to push, it looks like they'd have made them match up good, like flat or something. But is that a – I mean, I'm sure somebody must have thought about what was going to happen on the super speedways with the with the bumping and the, the bump drafting and all that stuff. With a, If the bumpers were tricky to use, like a rounded bumper, like you just said. Yeah, but you have to remember, you have rounded bumpers on your passenger cars. You don't have straight bumpers. And that was the whole purpose of the next-gen car, was to make those cars, and it's what the the manufacturers wanted, or OEMs as they refer to them now, that's what they wanted was so that the race cars looked more like the next, uh, more like the passenger cars that uh, you see every day on the highway. Yeah, that's true, because that guy that Greg and I bumped out of the way on the way to the radio station this morning, his, we lined up real good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Deb, one thing. Uh, yeah, about the bump graph and everything. One thing about it, I, I thought it was a real good show, too. Uh, no doubt about it. And and we were talking to Helton last week. and uh, You know, really the cars are more stock now compared to the cars you buy now. They're all electronic. Got uh, cameras where you can see all over the place. So, really... What they're running now is much more representative of the OEM uh, than really they were 20 years ago. I mean, if you compare apples to apples, so hats off NASCAR on that. But one thing about it, at least it wasn't doodlebug racing where that time we had that donut to go to by two by two and they're putting grease on the rear bumper and the front bumper mm-hmm. and they could only run two by two. But I, I thought overall it was a good show. I mean, yeah, and to, to your point. It. Exactly, and to your point that you're talking about, about them being more like the passenger cars, it was one reporter during media day that had run into Leonard Wood at a restaurant the night before, and he was talking to Leonard, and he said that Leonard told him, you know, they're more stock now than they have been in a long, long time. It opened my eyes. the interchangeable parts and everything. It opened yeah. my eyes because I, did, I never had looked at it that way, and y'all are absolutely correct. Before time gets away from us, uh, pick somebody for Fontana there, Deb. I'm going with Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush. I'll stick with Chase. What about you, Greg? Uh, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go with Logano. Logano. Alan, what do you think? I think Kyle Larson show his head back. All right. And uh, Jada's going to pick? Hamlin. Okay. And we'll, uh, we'll get a... Lanny, you and uh, and and Ronnie uh, text me, and we'll get those recorded for you. Well, Deb, we got Fontana coming up that this week. It's a it's a flatter track. We didn't even go there last year, and uh, but it's a long two mile track, and it's fast. What do you think about uh, we might see at Fontana? Well, it's going to be very interesting because we haven't been there since March 2020, and it's unknown. There's not been any testing there with the next gen car, and supposedly. Where it was so rough on the backstretch, they've ground it down some to try to make it better. And they're also putting a uh, rosin on it 
So it, right now they've got really cold temperatures. I think it was 39 degrees there either last night or night before last in L.A. So <clears throat> they're having unusually cold weather there right now. It'll be interesting to see if it changes. But, you know, one thing I think NASCAR is going to do that's really good is they're going to keep their inspection stations open on Monday there so people can get their cars ready for Las Vegas. And before they go to Vegas. And then the South Point, which is run by Brendan Gaughan's family and, and all, they really make a nice work area. They secure a lot of their parking lot at the South Point to where the transporters and the teens can park there and work there on their cars either before Vegas if they don't get all of it done in California and before they move to Phoenix from Vegas. So a big shout-out to the Gone family there in South Point for hosting the competitors the way they do there. So I think it'll be an, a very interesting race. And I think like Daytona, it's going to be hard to, you know, it's going to – this year, let me rephrase it this way. This year is going to be fun because every weekend is going to be an unexpected weekend. Yeah, yeah. and I hated to see the the uh, the South Point uh, – 62 get taken out in one of those late crashes because they, they were getting ready to have a real good finish. They were. They were. And um, it was so neat. Um, Noah Gregson and Mrs. Beard came into the media center after they qualified for the Daytona 500. And uh, it's a delight to listen to her and talk with her. And she talked about the first day she and her late husband ever went on was to a racetrack. Yeah. So, They've been around racing for a long, long time. Well, that's great. And uh, I didn't get a chance and we'll to... we'll see him again at Talladega. Yeah, yeah. At least three more yeah. times, I guess, on the big tracks. But uh, Correct. We've only got like a minute left, and I don't have time to get into this. But I wanted to know a little bit about Drew Dollar, who took out Jeremy Clements and wrecked three cars last weekend. Uh, uh, and how, he, how did he get that ride with Gibbs, if you can give me that in 30 seconds? I'll, that's something I'll have to look into. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> you got a homework <laughs> assignment, and I don't have to worry about us running over. Deb, you're the, you're the absolute best. What's your next race going to be, Atlanta? Atlanta. Yeah, you better. Yeah, everybody's excited about Atlanta. Everybody's anxious to see how that uh, reconfiguration and the, the we'll do it Atlanta. Everybody's talking about Atlanta, really. Well, you better figure out another way to get there because I remember that was a horror story for you last year. Uh, oh, I've already done that. Oh, good. Okay, Deb. Well, look, thank you. You're the best. We love you, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week. Thanks for everything. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. Okay. That's Deb Williams. Uh, what is she? Uh, smartest woman in NASCAR. Um, uh, Lanny wants Blaney and Greg uh, and um, Ronnie wants uh, Truex. So, uh, okay, let's take a break. We're going to come back and jump into Black History Month with Tony McFarlane and her son, I mean, her brother, uh, Trey. This is Start Your Engines. Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. We are. 
And here's what you need to know. Sixth straight day of talks going on between baseball's owners and the Players Association as the lockout continues. Sides trying to hammer out a new CBA, especially by Monday, which was Major League Baseball's deadline to not lose games in the 2022 season. The Polish national soccer team says they will not face Russia in their World Cup qualifier after Russia invaded Ukraine earlier this week. Rams coach Sean McVay saying thanks, but no thanks to a reported five-year, $100 million deal to join Amazon's NFL TV package. So McVay will be back with the Super Bowl champions next season. The numbers on that contract reported by the New York Post. Packers have restructured the contract of David Bakhtiari. And speaking of Green Bay, ESPN says they are expected to use the franchise tag on wide receiver Devontae Adams. At the Honda Classic, third round underway. Daniel Berger is your third round leader at 10 under par. I'm Dan Byer. A few years back, when we were ready to reopen the station, the water pipes burst, putting thousands of dollars of equipment in danger. That was one stressful evening, but one phone call to Thomas McGuire and PuroClean, the paramedics of property damage, and our stress disappeared. PuroClean rolled in, took charge, and rescued the station from severe water damage. Since then, I've used PuroClean at my house. You should do the same. Whether you're faced with fire and smoke damage, a flooding basement, or need carpet or upholstery cleaning, do what I do. And that's called 285-3530 for PuroClean. Hey, this is Ryan Cleary. Join Anthony Greer, Alex Smith, and myself weekday afternoons for Open Mic, Spartanburg's longest-running radio show. Whether it's high school athletics, Carolina or Clemson, USC Upstate, the Braves, we've got opinions and we want to hear from you. Open Mic, 3 until 6 p.m. on Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, and of course the Fox Sports 1400 app. You can't predict what is going to happen, but you can plan. When was the last time you reviewed your financial plan? Financial advisor Trent Lancaster and Janie Montgomery Scott Spartanburg office can help you plan for the what-ifs to guide you in working toward a secure financial future that keeps you on track to meet your financial goals. A financial plan can help you with goals such as planning for retirement, educating your children or grandchildren, and passing on your wealth to the people and causes that are most important to you. Take the first step. Let Trent help you establish a plan today designed to protect you for whatever happens tomorrow. Call today at 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jenny Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Have you been in a car or motorcycle wreck or an accident involving an 18-wheeler? Have you been injured in a workplace accident? If any of these things happen to you, you need to call the Carolina Law Group today. The Carolina Law Group isn't afraid of the big insurance companies, and they will fight for you. Call today to speak with an attorney for a free consultation. In Spartanburg and Greer, call 757-5555. And in Greenville, call 312-4444. The Carolina Law Group attorneys are your local injury lawyers with four convenient locations to serve you in Spartanburg, Greenville, and Greer. Visit them online today at thecarolinalawgroup.com. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante! 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante! Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than hey, Plante? Call it! Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. The Hub City Farmer's Market is back. 
They will be open from 11 to 2 on March 19th for their final winter market, and then they'll be open every Saturday from 8 to noon beginning April 2nd. The Hub City Farmer's Market features the freshest local produce, meat and dairy products, as well as artisan crafts and bath and body products from local vendors. Every Saturday will feature live music as well as activities for the kids. Remember to shop local with the Hub City Farmer's Market, presented by Spartanburg Regional, located at 498 Howard Street, open every Saturday beginning April 2nd. Live from the Fox Sports 1498 3FM studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your Impex Pre-Owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and ImpexPreOwned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. And welcome back to the second and final hour of Start Your Engines. We did three last week, and we may do that again on big occasions, uh, like Memorial Day or something. But this is a big occasion because we're always going to celebrate Black History Month. With uh, And I tell you what, we'd have had a heck of a celebration if uh, Bubba Wallace had been a little further down the racetrack last Sunday because he almost won the Daytona 500, and uh, that would have been great. But we have with us Tony McFarland, who uh, father was, uh, we had her on a couple of times last year. Her father was uh, on Wendell Scott's pit crew, and I, I, I've been calling him the Wendell's crew chief, I don't think that's quite accurate, but uh, they were very close, and that's how I met uh, Tony and her brother, Trey, and they've all been involved in racing, and a special guest that came from the NASCAR diversity program and still races the short tracks, and that's um, Reggie Primus, but good morning, Tony. Morning. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good here in Raleigh, North Carolina. You're in Raleigh. Okay, well... Refresh our, and we're going to give you plenty of time here. If we have to do another segment, like take a take a station break in the middle of it, we'll do that. But how, uh, how, how we got to, we met each other when your father passed away, and I heard on yeah. the radio and in the paper that you were having a special service, a memorial uh, celebration of him at the Spartanburg Fairgrounds last year, and that's how I said, well, I got to go out there and see that, and and that's how we met. But uh, Tell me about your father and his connection with Wendell Scott. Yeah, so I'm actually have Trey to chime in on here because he has it. He can tell it better than me. But basically, uh, when uh, Wendell Scott started in NASCAR, his first NASCAR race was in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And when you came to the event, we had it at the fairgrounds where the old track used to be. March fourth, 1961. That's right, 1961. And uh, my dad went to that race, and um, that's where he met Mr. Scott. He saw that he didn't have anyone in the pitch there helping him, and the rest is history. Now, I'll let Trey chime in because he can probably add more color to it than I have. Good morning, Trey. Yeah. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing great. Tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, so the, the fine detail of that story is that um, 
Mr. Scott was having a carburetor issue, and um, my dad went down to, you know, just to see what was going on. And um, just so happened, my dad, he said he had a, a brand-new 62 Chevy Impala 327 Hypo, and Mr. Scott was running a Chevy 61 bubble top, and uh, my dad offered his carburetor off his new Chevy so he could get in the race to run the race. So he, <laughs> they took the carburetor off. He ran the race, finished. And then the rest is the history story. <laughs> yeah, that was a car that uh, Wendell bought from Buck Baker. It was actually Buck's previous year's car. It was a 60 Chevrolet, and I was at that race, and uh, um, I thought it was Buck Baker because <laughs> it still had his 87s on it, and he didn't have his other car there, and I didn't know any different. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that was uh, that was at the fairgrounds, and uh, actually the anniversary, the 60th anniversary of that will be coming yeah, up next coming week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, that's the story. So, uh, but but now Tony, uh, Tony and Trey, your uh, your father was was quite a man. Other than what he did with uh, uh, Wendell Scott and and helping him out that first day and and for many days after that, and which was brought to national attention last year on uh, that's when NBC was doing the races and they they did a little segment on it there a couple of times, uh, but. Uh, he was also quite a man at in, as an educator at East Side High School over in uh, over in Greenville. That's right, over in, over in Taylor. So he he taught fifteen years uh, at Lincoln High School, and I know the Rattlers out there they'll be mad if I don't mention him. Well, don't make he anybody mad. <laughs> right, we don't want Rattlers and Eagles fighting here. No. So the Rattlers was before desegregation. Uh, he taught, and then after segregation. He taught 15 years at Eastside High School and uh, had the shop class. He taught automotive technology, mechanics, industrial arts. He also taught that at Lincoln. And um, they even had a drag team. They had. Uh, they may have had the only drag racing team in the high school. I haven't heard of another one down there. But it was, it was, it was, it was before STEM was an acronym. Like we call it science, technology, engineering, math today. But uh, they were doing STEM before it was an acronym. And a lot of those students came out uh, in July 2020 when we passed. They came to the events that we had at the fairgrounds and over at the Greenville Pickens Speedway. We have a victory lap. And I'm still in touch with the students and from Lincoln and Eastside. And a lot of them went into uh, fields related to automotive industry, painting, uh, engineering. Uh, you know, they, they've all told me how impactful his, his mentoring was on their lives. I am so sorry I didn't ever get to meet him. Uh, you know, I, this this all came to light. Well, maybe you did. Well, maybe, maybe I did. You did. You're right about that because I yep. saw Wendell at plenty of races. That's for sure. But uh, um, you know, I'm so impressed by by him and his accomplishments that uh, he would have been great to have on the show. I mean, we've been doing this show. This is our yep. fifth year, so he was alive in plenty yep. of time for us to to have had him on here. But um, what uh, you, you know, we're talking about. Uh, and we're talking with Tony Arnold McFarland. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure everybody, it's well documented how Wendell had uh, his problems with uh, with being the only black driver. But uh, did your father ever talk about any of the trials and tribulations that he personally experienced, you know, with Wendell or on his own, you know, at the racetrack? Yeah, he did. Um, you know, but he kind of 
he kind of took it in stride, um, you know, and never really uh, dwelled on it, you know, too much. But he, he did recognize and helped us to understand, you know, what it meant to have good character and to not look at uh, a race, you know. Um, but, yes, he did experience some incidents, and he shared with us some of the things that he experienced. And I think sometimes he didn't tell us that much about it because he didn't want us to, you know, uh, let it discourage us. I can understand that and, uh, and worry you guys, un- uh, you know, unnecessarily. Uh, did you go to the races that much, Tony, with your father? Um, I remember maybe like a few early races being in the pit crew. Uh, we had like a, my, my grandmother had a, a, a Chevrolet. And I remember us maybe sitting on the hood of it a few times and, and my mom there and my sister. And I think I, we might even have a photo of us being in the pit. I would have to try to find it. But, uh, you know, if I, I remember us vaguely, you know, I would have probably been about five, six, somewhere in there. And, um, but I do remember, you know, basically staying together, you know, didn't do a whole lot of moving around. Just, he basically always said, stay in this one place. Whenever we went to the racetrack with him, whether it was at those races or at the drag race, he had a, a particular place that we had to stay in the whole the whole time. Like we had to stay in that one place, and if we were to go somewhere, we we didn't we couldn't move around without him knowing about it. So. Yeah, um, we last year had a, I think a couple of we had you on twice last year because we had you on after uh, yep. Bub- Bubba won Talladega. So we'll probably do this yep. again later on in the fall, and. Uh, Okay. I just got a real good feeling about Bubba Wallace because he's, I'm not, he's an experienced uh, veteran driver now, and he didn't just come along. He's been around. He's he won two truck races, so he's a he is a winner before he ever got to the the Cup Series. But uh, we have in the past had members of the Scott family on here, and. We would have done that today, but unfortunately we couldn't because Wendell Jr. passed away last week. And uh, you've been in contact with uh, the Scott family, asking them if they could come on the show today, and they declined. And I understand that completely. They're still kind of in an emotional state because of losing Wendell Jr. But um, if you can share with us, how how are the Scots uh, taking uh, Junior's uh, Wendell Jr.'s loss and uh, – and you know, and the recovery that I'm sure will will come to their family because they're they're strong as iron. Yeah, they're a very strong family. Um, you know, like with any family. I mean, uh, Wendell Junior was a you know public figure. Uh, his, his time in in contributions to NASCAR uh, touched many lives. So you know, they need their time to uh, you know process that and everything. But I, I'm sure they'll be fine. They've been through a lot. They they uh, know how to pull together and overcome things. Um, I was not able to go to the service, uh, but they, um, I'm, I'm sure the community is still going to continue to reach out to them. They, you know, they have a lot of people around them. The community loves them and all the contributions that, you know, were started by their dad and continued with Wendell Jr. and others. Well, I think Wendell Jr. actually ran in two or three races. Uh, I know he, ra- he raced. Did. He raced at Hickory, and uh, I think it was in the Grand National East Series. But um, you know that counts, and uh, you know I guess he just wasn't um, uh, 
you know, it wasn't in the cards for him to be a full-time driver. He uh, probably, honestly, didn't have the talents that his father had because Wendell Scott Sr. was a was an amazing person, a good driver, probably partially because he was a bootlegger, as Junior Johnson and a lot of people were. But um, he was also a fine, outstanding mechanic. So uh, it's understandable yep. that at least Wendell Jr. gave it a shot. Yeah, and I do recall my dad saying that he thought Wendell Jr. was a really good driver. He, he saw potential in mm-hmm. Well, um, I tell you what, it, it's it, it's unfortunate they couldn't join us today. Maybe if we, if, not if, but when we do this again later on in the year, uh, they will will have recovered enough to join us. We also have with us uh, Reggie Primus. You still there, Reggie? Yes, sir. I'm here. Uh, I met Reggie for the first time on the phone yesterday as I was picking up uh, some Uncle Poon's Chinese restaurant food, and uh, we talked briefly. And Reggie has been a member of the uh, the diversity program in NASCAR that um, actually helped nurture the, the the careers of a lot of drivers, including um, Bubba Wallace and Danica Patrick and um, uh, Daniel uh, Suarez and a lot of the other uh, drivers. Uh, what did you, you know, get involved Kyle in? Larson. Kyle Larson came today. Kyle Larson, who uh, he may amount to something someday. <laughs> but he, yeah, uh, right. yeah. <laughs> but you, uh, how did you get started in uh in auto racing and uh and and get in the nascar diversity program and there's a lot about you on the internet i looked it up last night and i said good grief there's a couple of pages here on reggie primus yes yeah yes well uh i um so let's see when i first first uh experience with a race car is uh i think my mom went to my mom went shopping in florence up for hartsville south carolina and uh, on a Darlington race weekend, we went to Florence to Sears. Mom was shopping for something. And uh, they had Bobby Allison's race show car out there. And uh, then there were some guys standing by the car, and they let me sit in the car. And my, mama, my, mother, my mother said that Bobby was there, but all I remember was sitting in that car and looking at how how wasn't like a didn't like a regular passenger car on the inside. I just saw these roll cages and the shifter <laughs> and the, you know, like in the seat and the and uh, it just it just caught me, you know. I just hooked. And then he won the race the next day, and uh, I became a Bobby Allison fan and a race fan, and I started following it from there. That must have been the uh, – uh, do you remember the car? Was that the uh, Junior Johnson's Coke machine, the red and gold one? Yeah. That's what I'm guessing. I always thought at one time that it was the uh, the Matador. I remember, I remember seeing some red. I thought, I, was, I thought it was red, white, and blue, but – well, it could have been. Like he won both. Matador, but I guess it was. He won both races yeah. in 1975 at Darlington in that Matador. He uh, he swept Darlington. So uh, okay. But anyway, yeah. It, you, so that, that you were looking been, at the inside. Been like four. Or so. Yeah. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. I just thought all that was cool on the inside, you know. And uh, and then I just started so, and then I found out that the race was on the radio. Like racing was on the uh, radio. You can listen to it on like uh, MRN. And man, that's where I was at every Sunday morning. Every Sunday, listening to uh, the race on the radio, looking then when uh, you know, and whichever ones would come on TV, you could watch. And uh, and then just you know, I was, like, I was a huge Bobby Allison fan, and um, and then it got to, I mean, if it kept going, 
Uh, I get in high school. Uh, I know some, I meet some friends that uh, the brother, the son, brother is racing at I ninety five Speedway in Florence, South Carolina, uh, Florence, Timmonsville, South Carolina. And uh, I started going to the race back with them. This is like probably like eighty five, eighty six, maybe like eighty six to eighty nine. I know, like when we first started going, Florence was dirt, and then they paved it, and then I was there while it was asphalt for a couple of years. We're talking uh, to uh, just helping out, just being a mechanic. We're we're talking with Reggie Primus and and Tony McFarland and Trey uh, McFarland, and I tell you what, Trey Arnold. Uh, I'm sorry, Trey Arnold. I'm sorry. 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 Uh, but let's, uh, I'll tell you what, let me take it. Can everybody stick around for a little bit longer and let me get a station break out of the way? Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank because you. this is interesting stuff and I want to hear more about it. So um, let's take a break. We're going to come back in about a couple of minutes after these uh, commercials run and talk more with uh, Reggie Primus and find out about getting into the NASCAR diversity program. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start your engines. We'll be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership. Family-owned and operated, Jamie Nodine and his wife Rita are Boiling Springs natives and are proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. Jamie and his staff are committed to providing excellent customer service and making sure your experience is simple, transparent, and fair. Visit Impex Pre-Owned today. Conveniently located up I-26 on Asheville Highway. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like R.J. Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. There's something special happening year-round in the city of Spartanburg, including a variety of seasonal events and festivals. Downtown Spartanburg offers several great options for retail shopping, as well as a great selection of restaurants and bars where you can have the fish and chips at Delaney's Irish Pub, you can try something off the new menu at RJ Rockers, or even catch a game with friends at Main Street Pub. If you're looking for something family-friendly, check out the Music Trail or the Sparkle City Mini Putt, which is always free to play. For more information on upcoming events, check out the city's Facebook page. The City of Spartanburg, always doing. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company, keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting Spartan-Waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community, where they work and live, clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. Make Phillips and Law and Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and they'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Law and Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. 
Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt, whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave, across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. And welcome back to Start Your Engines. We're talking to Tony Arnold McFarlane and Trey Arnold and Reggie Primus, who is a... You still race a little bit, don't you, Reggie? Yes, sir. Trying to, here and there. Okay. Race um, that Blue Ridge... Blue Ridge Outlaw Late Model Series uh, up here in North Carolina. Okay. Uh, when's your next race? Uh, I think it's in two weeks. It would be at uh, East Lincoln Speedway. Either it's going to be that one or, or uh, three, the week after that, which is uh, Lakeview Speedway in South Carolina. Okay. Well, tell us how you uh, – uh, we sort of stopped in as your career was starting as you were explaining it to us, but how did uh, – how did you get with the NASCAR diversity program? Did they recruit you, or did you have to call them and join up? How does that work? How did that work? Uh, <laughs> I, I know. It's like, that's been a minute now. Um, I, I think it was. I think they recruited. I don't know. I think uh, I maybe had to fill out. Honestly, I do not remember how I got in that deal. But I was racing locally. I so. Um, so I started racing. I started racing like uh, Columbia Speedway, Sumter Speedway. This is back like uh, I twenty Speedway in South Carolina. This is back like in the late nineties, Trey. Yeah. And, uh, yep. And then uh, I moved up to North Carolina because I had a I had a chance to, to drive for somebody in, out of Concord at Concord Speedway in two thousand one. So I. Uh, I was like, I'm gonna give this my all. I'm gonna try this deal. So I moved up here, started racing for those guys. Uh, raced for another group. Uh, ran a ran a, like a I ran a, a a limited sportsman out of Concord Speedway. Then I wound up racing a Thunder Rosa for somebody at the Summer Shootout and what's called the Onyx Series, where we traveled around to different tracks with the UARA Series and raced 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 around North Carolina. Now, you- and uh, then a diversity program came about, and I was able to get a tryout now did you race at the you talking about you were driving the thunder roadsters did you do that at the charlotte motor speedway on the quarter mile yep we did yes sir we did uh we did the well, summer shootout and also we traveled around and did uh we would run um hickory caraway uh orange county i think i even came to anderson i believe or i, think I came to anderson i raced you know, I used to take my kids to that thunder uh, to, to that summer uh, summer thunder when I lived in Charlotte about three years, and I, I think the kids got in free, and it cost me ten bucks. But it was a that was very enjoyable. That was like every Tuesday night. So I probably saw you race and didn't know it. Hey, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I love those thunder roadsters. They look too. like little Indy cars. Yes, sir. Yeah, had an open top. Yeah, David Reagan was uh, racing. David Reagan was racing. Uh, I was I was racing with David Reagan. Um, uh, he was running those cars. I remember one of the drivers I had, was I had even. 
Uh, no, I was going to say one of the drivers was Ralph Shaheen, who was a, a television broadcaster. Yep. Yep. I raced with Ralph, too. Yep. He was in that deal. Uh, yep. I, I only remember I him. I don't even remember him because uh, I, I watched him on television. Okay, so I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead, yes, and uh, you got with the with the diversity program. And uh, how did NASCAR try to help you? And what did you learn from them? Or, or uh, I mean, how did that work? What good did it do you? Um, well, it, it, it led an opportunity. So um, what happens at, at the, in the beginning of this deal at the, with the diversity program? They would. Uh, I guess they had different teams set up that were going to handle the drivers, you know. Uh, I, I raced with uh innovative motorsports team that was, uh, that also had two craftsman truck team, two craftsman trucks with, uh, Robert Huffman and Hank Parker Jr. And, uh, and my late model was in the shop with those guys. And, uh, I ran at Caraway Speedway, had low sponsorship, ran for a year, and, uh, it was, it was good. I mean, uh, wasn't as wasn't as successful as I would have hoped, uh, but it did lead to other opportunities. And uh, you know, it was a it was a year. I was a, it was a year deal. I think all of us were in it for only a year that first time. And uh, but I mean, but then they did, they did some revamp and they changed things up and uh, for the better. And uh, so I like what they're doing with it now. But back then, it's just. I don't know, it was, that was our first year, and, uh, I mean, my best finish at Caraway was a third, and, uh, and that was, you know, it was just, it was an experience, but it was like, like I said, we laid out the other opportunity, but I don't, re- I don't regret it, I just wish I wasn't, I wish I was able to capitalize on it a little bit better. You know? Um, you know, Greg Moore is one of our co-hosts here, and his father's Bud Moore, who was the 10th man ever elected to the NASCAR Hall of Fame, of course, Wendell's in there, but, uh, Greg, you want to? You got a question? Well, uh, what I was talking about this this gentleman here sounds like he can still drive. If if he 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 sounds like a good race driver. I mean, all the programs he's been through. I know we're talking about the diversity deal, but uh, sounds like this man's a, a, a real good steering wheel holder. I mean, a really good driver. Well, we have to go up to uh, the Blue Ridge uh, series and check him out. <laughs> we need we need to. And yes, sir. There's like I said, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of talent this man we're talking to right now. Uh, Reggie, did you um, that, now on the on the negative side of even with the diversity program, did you uh, have to experience uh, very much opposition to uh, uh, because of your race? Or I didn't know if the NASCAR being the diversity program that was uh, that was absent from it. Or but before then, you were racing on your own and. Uh, I mean, it was yeah. it, it, I, I got a feeling it wasn't all smooth sailing. Right, but you and Danny yeah. had an incident at a racetrack once. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was <laughs> that was before that was before the diversity program. That was just a stretch, yeah. there. but uh, that was that was a racing incident. That was a racing <laughs> incident that uh, I probably took a little bit too far. But I'll go back to that one here in a minute. But uh, <laughs> um, the uh, for the diversity program and. Like I, I felt like, I felt like people looked at it as, um, oh, you're getting a handout, blah blah blah. I'm like, well, ain't no handout. It's like I worked my butt off. I slept in front of my race car, in front of my dirt car, and right. I, I got, a, I got, a, I got a better, I got an opportunity just like uh, some of those cats got, you know. And uh, so, you know, you just had to, you know, 
you just got to deal with the narrow-mindedness, I guess, on, you know, what people think compared to how, how it really is when they don't know who you are, you know? And professional jealousy. Yeah, yes, sir. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Red is more more of a grassroots, back uh, original NASCAR type racer, and I would say more today is you know you, you got familiarization because there's a lot of money backing it, and um, you know so those people of course get the front opportunity. <laughs> I mean, <yeah. laughs> this is how it is money okay. money talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, but on that situation, I think on the situation that uh, that uh, Tony was talking about, that maybe the, the <laughs> that issue with uh, me and Mr. Arnold and trade that happened to something. But what happened was I got spun out by a guy that hadn't been racing with us, and it kind of pissed me off. So at the end of the race, I I probably shouldn't have done this, but I, I had an old big Monte Carlo, and he had a Camaro, and I just ran down there in the back of that car coming into the pit and I just sat the frame down on it and they come out there and want to fight which I can understand that but I was mad too and so we was all out there you know so that's what that, that's what happened on that deal well you didn't do anything that was a racing incident you, you didn't do anything that won't happen 20 times somewhere in the country today I mean we've got a I mean rubbing is racing we got uh Alan Hill sitting over here who's a a big Big winner at Cherokee Speedway and Harris Speedway, and he's just nodding his head like, "Yep, I mean that happens all the time." <laughs> yes, sir. Yep. And, and, Harris, and Harris is the. I say Harris is where I've had my best finish with my dirt car. Like that's been about two, three years ago now. I got to get myself back on that, back on track again. So, well, back to run, back, back to having what I had in the car that time. So. I, I've always said yeah. when you go to Harris, fight, fights are normal. Race always breaks out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. And what did hey, you? I, and I've, seen, I've seen that over there. What did you say, Greg? If you're going to have a fight, have it in front of the grandstand. Oh, by all means. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I know, I know. He, he, had, he had to got mad. Anytime somebody rubs you and does you bad, it, it makes you mad. And, but, but that deal, people want to fight and everything. That that still goes on. Just uh, George, George might have brought a little more publicity uh, and everything, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it sounds sound like you need to get like the first, steering wheel. Yeah, so, well, I feel. I mean, like I, I ran a couple of times last year, and uh, I think my last run was at Sumter. Uh, but I, I plan on. I try to run at least. I probably ran ten times off and on last year. You know, so I, I'm still trying. You ever run it? But, uh, uh, red. You know, like. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you if you'd ever run at Greenville Pickens or uh, or at uh, in Lancaster or Cherokee. I have run Lancaster. Yeah, I've run Lancaster, Cherokee. I, I have. I didn't run the old Cherokee, but uh, I, I've been to the new Cherokee, and I, I like that. I, I, I like both of them. I really like Lancaster, and because uh, of the speed. But I went to what's that? Uh, Westville. Man, you carry some speed up there. I like that place. So uh, that's that's a big old high back there. Look, probably look like what Cherokee looked like back in the day, I guess. Well, you, know? did, you get anywhere near uh, here? Let let us know. I mean, uh, you, I mean, I'm easy to reach and uh, or tell Tony because I we'd love to come see you race. We'll uh, we'll keep you on hey. uh, you, you know on on our minds and and put you on the air. And uh, I don't know if we'll do you any good, but we won't hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't worry. I, I hurt myself, so don't worry about that. Uh, and you know, like uh, back before, like I'm gonna tell you, uh, like uh, before I started going to something, 
them guys I would race with at Columbia Speedway, they would go to Sumter, and then they'd come back and get their car be all tore up. They were like, man, them guys are rough down there. I said, if y'all going down there and catching heck, I know I ain't going over there. But uh, when I started going, that that first night was rough. But then uh, I I started I had like a little cheering section over there. And by the by the time it was all said and done, I kept running it for a couple of years, and uh, that was pretty good. Well, but, uh, I think that first night, that first night we went there, the leader, if he'd have won, that would have been like five in a row. Well, somehow I got packed in the back. I wound up hitting him and spinning him out. And see, he was mad at the end of the race. I had a big crowd around my car. I think I finished like second or third my first night out there. And they were all about my car, boy. They were looking like, who's this? What's this guy? So, it was <laughs> well, that comes with the territory. Well, look, it's been great yeah, having uh, you guys on the show. Uh, and, uh, Reggie, we wish you the best of luck and, and let us – well, we wish all of you the best of luck. But, Reggie, if – you got some starts coming up, and let us know when you get anywhere close to Spartanburg because, uh, heck, I'll drive to Lancaster. We'll all go over there and watch it. I'll definitely go with you. Especially Cherokee or Harris. is. Uh, I, I could practically walk to Harris from Spartanburg. Um, and, um, Trey, it's great having you on the show again and, and your uh, knowledge of of, uh, of your father. And, Tony, you're just the best. I, I really appreciate you putting this together for us. No problem. Appreciate it. Just will want to let people know if they want to uh, contribute to a scholarship that we have in my dad's honor. Uh, yes. Honor, you can go to uh, com. We do have the scholarship fund that we started in 2020. We should be ready to start giving out some scholarships soon. And uh, feel free to have us back anytime. Well, we certainly will. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll do this later on in the season, when, uh, especially after Bub and Reggie have a few wins under their belt. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. All right. Yeah, and I that'd think we, we probably we probably deserve to give a shout out to South Carolina State University here because we have three people that we, we we have two on the phone and my dad. They all um, are connected to South Carolina State University. That's where Trey and Reggie actually met. Right. And uh, want to make sure we give the Bulldogs some credit. I was just going to say, go Bulldogs. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. You've you've uh, you've enlightened us about a lot of things and and made our uh, Black History Month show very successful. And don't forget, I think it's next Friday, is it? Let me look at my calendar. Here is the 60th anniversary of uh, Wendell Scott's race at the Spartanburg Fairgrounds, and uh, you know, uh, yeah, next Friday. So that's a big day, as far as I'm concerned. And I'll be surprised if on the cars next week. Uh, where they run Atlanta, that would be a great, t- or Las Vegas maybe, that would be a great time for them yep. to put a little sticker on there commemorating the 60th anniversary of that. So uh, I think they did it once before right. for like the, uh, I, I, I don't know, some anniversary, uh, just being March the 4th. But thank you so yep. much for coming on, and we appreciate it, and uh, best of luck to all of you. And Tony, I'll be talking to you hey. sometime soon. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. And that's uh, Tony Mc- Arnold McFarlane and Trey Arnold and Reggie Primus, who uh, is still out there doing it, Greg. I'll tell you, that, that that's, that's that's a neat deal. I, I could ask a bunch of questions now. Well, you know, we'll get them back on later in the year. But, but uh, Hopefully with a Scott family got to get them back members. on because, like I say, I, I was thinking of questions as it went along. And, uh, but, yeah, somebody needs to put a. Put a sticker out there on. I bet they will. 
So, okay, let's take our last break. This is the last break, and we'll come back and wrap this thing up. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Low prices, big selection, quality customer service. That's Nissan of Greer. Get big savings on over 300 new Nissans. Shop our large selection of used vehicles, including Nissan certified pre-owned. Plus, we're the place for commercial fleets, for expert service. And if you need credit, come and get it. Ask about military, college grad, and mobility assist savings, too. Hurry to Nissan of Greer today. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Call 864-479-1197 for more details. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. You can't predict what is going to happen, but you can plan. When was the last time you reviewed your financial plan? Financial advisor Trent Lancaster and Janie Montgomery Scott's Spartanburg office can help you plan for the what-ifs to guide you in working toward a secure financial future that keeps you on track to meet your financial goals. A financial plan can help you with goals such as planning for retirement, educating your children or grandchildren, and passing on your wealth to the people and causes that are most important to you. Take the first step. Let Trent help you establish a plan today designed to protect you for whatever happens tomorrow. Call today at 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jenny Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. River Falls Plantation, a Gary Player signature course, is open to the public. Membership opportunities are available, though, including family, corporate, and individual memberships. They offer a discounted membership for seniors over 60 and juniors under 30. But you heard me right. You don't have to be a member to play at the beautiful course at River Falls. Don't have time for a full 18? Why not nine for just $25 every Monday through Friday? Schedule your tee time today by calling 433-9192 or go online to riverfallsgolf.com. Spartanburg's radio home for Gamecock football. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. Said no one ever. I love waking up to cold cereal. Nothing satisfies like dry granola. No. Here we say good morning with sizzling sausage, biscuits baked to perfection, the enticing aroma wafting from your freshly prepared breakfast. So make your morning easy and mix and match a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, or hash browns. Any two for just $2. It's McDonald's easy on-the-go breakfast. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Combo meal, single item at regular price. Valid when product served.
up, AJ. Let's uh, jump into some uh, results here from the Daytona 500. Everybody knows about it. It was last Sunday. And uh, Austin Sendrick, as a rookie, won it barely over. Uh, they have the margin of victory here at .036 seconds. So that's cutting it pretty close. Bubba Wallace was second, driving for 2311 Racing. Third is Chase Briscoe. was Chase Briscoe. Fourth, Ryan Blaney. Fifth, Eric Almarola, who came from 38th spot, and he's not going to run next year. He's already announced this is his farewell season. So uh, that's going to open up a position with Stuart Haas if they if they field that car again. But uh, he took over from Danica Patrick and uh, has done considerably better. Uh, he's won a, at least one or two races. I know he's won one. Kyle Busch was sixth. My, Michael McDowell followed up his Daytona 500 win from last year with a Pretty good seventh-place finish. He's hanging in there. Eighth was David Reagan, who kind of came out of retirement. But he, now, these last couple of cars here, I know McDowell, Reagan, Keselowski, and uh, I think even Chase Elliott, they were all wadded up there after they crossed the finish line. There was a huge crash there at the finish. But David Reagan came from 34th to 8th. Brad Keselowski was ninth, and Chase Elliott was 10th. Looking at the point standings, um, uh, well, that's the lap leaders. Let me flip one more page here. The point standings after one race is uh, Austin Sendrick is first, uh, Martin Truex is second, Brad Keselowski third, Bubba Wallace fourth, Chase Briscoe fifth. You know, they even gave, I think, 10 points for the qualifying races. They went back to giving points for the qualifying races this year. Not a lot, but, you know, they made it. They made it worth your while to uh, to place in that thing. Ryan Blaney is sixth. Eric Almarola seventh. Kyle Busch eighth. Joey Logano ninth. And Malcolm McDowell tenth. Let's get to Xfinity where uh, I should have got Clary. He was walking around here just a few minutes ago. He uh, They had, uh, as they do on Tuesdays now, it was Wednesdays last year, but on Tuesdays from R.J. Rockers they have Jeremy Clements. And he was still fairly upset, and I don't blame him with uh, what Drew Dollar did to him and uh, Drew Dollar, uh, Jeremy said, and I quote, I should be in that car because I think Jeremy used to be the test driver for uh, Gibbs. And, um, you know, back back in the uh, probably the Tony Stewart days, much earlier anyway. But uh, here's the good news. Well, let, let me say that Austin Hill won the race. You're right. It was a good weekend to be named Austin. Uh, A.J. Allmendinger was second. Noah Craxton was third. Riley Herbst fourth. Justin Allgaier, 5th. Sheldon Creed, 6th. Anthony Alfredo, 7th. Ryan Siege was 8th. Josh Balicki was ninth, And Brandon Brown was 10th. And you'll notice a lot of names there that came over from the truck series. Uh, and Ty Gibbs in that number 54 that wins about every week didn't have such a hot day. He finished 11th. But Jeremy Clements uh, was taken out by Drew Dollar. And uh, except for Cesar Baccarella, who finished dead last, Jeremy was 37th next to last. Here's the good news for Jeremy Clements. He's only 50 points out of first place in the point standings with a whole season to catch up. Um, I know he's dug himself as, uh, just about as deep a hole as he possibly could, but he's only 50 points out. You know, you make up a bunch of that, and he sits 37th in points. So, I mean, he's got some climbing to do. To make that top 12, and uh, if he wins a race, he doesn't even have, doesn't even have to make the top 12. But the uh, 
Xfinity point standings after one race is A.J. Allmendinger is first, Austin Hill is second. Not exactly sure why the points leader is not the guy that won the race, but I'm reading this as I, as I printed it. Riley Herbst is third, Austin, Justin Allgaier fourth, Ryan Siege fifth, Noah Cragson sixth, Ty Gibbs is seventh, Brandon Brown eighth, Sheldon Creed ninth, and Anthony Alfredo is tenth. So uh, we will be watching Jeremy's reemergence, climbing up the ladder in the Xfinity point standing starting uh, later on today, and I'm going to get to the TV in just a minute. The trucks are off. They don't race until next weekend at uh, Las Vegas in the, now you got to be careful pronouncing this one, the Bucked Up 200. That could uh, that could lead to some trouble if you weren't paying attention. That is next Friday night at 9 o'clock and will be on FS1. Their point standings after one race at Daytona. Zane Smith is first. Ben Rhodes second. Christian Eckes is third. Tanner Gray fourth. Ty Majeski fifth. Chandler Smith is sixth. John Hunter Nemechek is seventh. Parker Klingerman, eighth. Jesse Little, ninth. And Danny Bond is tenth. Let me back up just a second. I, I got to at least touch for a second on the incredible crash that uh, Myatt Snyder had, as uh, Deb was talking about. And if you saw that thing, he got up into the catch fence on the back stretch at about 200 miles an hour. And, I mean, it the engine flew out, the the rear end housing and everything was dangling by by a bolt or two and it was just a a grinding crash that he walked away from without a scratch uh, and you know some of the parts wound up in michael jordan's uh front bus <laughs> michael jordan's bus was parked over on the back straightaway actually they was sitting outside their bus when this happened and he's walking around in a daze like uh what just happened <laughs> Man, I didn't know that. Well, uh, yeah, it was very violent. A lot of fire. I, get, I don't know how much fuel they had on board at that time, but, uh, I mean, it was a flash fire. It didn't last very long, not, not like you've seen people really get hurt in before. But, um, yeah, that was that was scary. But uh, they had a lengthy interview with Myatt Snyder after that, and he's a he's a very nice young man. I, he, he talks very well, and uh, he's lucky. ARCA won't race again until Friday, March 11th uh, in the General Tire 150 at Phoenix. And uh, their point standings is uh, Corey Heim is out, out front with Parker Chase second, Daniel Dye third, Sean Core fourth, Gus Dean fifth, Andy Jankowiak, I knew I couldn't get through that the first time, is sixth, seventh is Mason Diaz, eighth, Dave Mayer the Third is uh, is eighth, ninth. Tony Breidinger, and I think that may be a female because they spell Tony with an I. I don't know if I've ever seen a boy spell his name with an I, but who knows? And tenth is Ryan Huff, and that's a whole bunch of new names uh, except for Corey Heim. I don't know if I've ever heard of any of those people before. So uh, Drew Dollar's nineteenth with a torn up car, but tomorrow. Um, well, let's let's touch on uh, uh, the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, which of course we follow very, uh, very much with uh, Mike Hill's involvement as the crew chief, uh, as the uh, shop foreman for the Wheeling Engineering Cadillac. 
but they don't race again until um, the Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring, which will be on March the 19th. That's a Saturday, of course, and it will be available on Peacock and USA at varying times, and I'll spell those out as we get closer to it. The point standings in, uh, in the WeatherTech Sports Card Championship, of course, they run in teams, so uh, these first four drivers are tied for first, and that's Tom Blom, Chris, Quist, Helio Castroneves, Simon Pagino, and Oliver Jarvis. Then the next ones are, are uh, way back. I mean, they got 180, I'm sorry, they're uh, 23 points back, and that's uh, um, Ricky Taylor, Will Stevens, Alexander Rossi, and Felipe Albuquerque. And then the next uh, group of four is um, Ben Keating, Tristan Vautier, Loic Duval, and Richard Westbrook. And then our team, with a, and tied for fourth, is uh, Mike Conway, Tristan Nunez, Pipo Durrani, and then after that comes uh, Jimmy Johnson and his team. So uh, they got some climbing to do, too. Some of our favorites have got their work cut out, cut out for them. The television schedule, um, starting in just a few minutes at 12 o'clock, is the Xfinity qualifying from Fontana. That will be on FS1. At 12.30, IndyCar qualifying from St. Petersburg will be on Peacock. And at um, 2 o'clock, NASCAR qualifying for the Cup will be on uh, FS1 from Fontana. Then the Xfinity race will be this afternoon at 5 o'clock Eastern time. That would be 2 o'clock Pacific. And that's at Fontana, and that's on FS1, and we'll be pulling hard for Jeremy. And like I just said, they'll be qualifying here coming up in about uh, uh, six or seven minutes. So um, tune over there, FS1, if you want to see that. Then tomorrow, from 8.45 to 9.15, is the um, IndyCar warm-up from St. Petersburg. They let them go out and run a few laps. Then the IndyCar race will be on NBC at um, noon. Wake up for me. I get up about 11.30 on Sundays. So uh, go straight to NBC, Channel 4 around here, and uh, see the IndyCar race from St. Petersburg. They got 26 cars. And I got to point out, there's uh, uh, that series is as healthy as it's ever been. And A.J. Foyt has a fourth car entered. And um, she's not doing too good, uh, and she's getting a lot of heat on the Internet because nobody's ever heard of her, but her name is Tatiana Caldero, and she's a Colombian lady. I think she's 29 years old, and I don't know exactly what her credentials are, but Fort gave her a ride in his fourth, in his, I don't know if his third or his fourth car, but in one of his cars, and she qualified, uh, or she timed yesterday at 101 miles an hour, which was the 26th fastest. I don't think Jimmy was a hell of a, Jimmy Johnson was a heck of a lot uh, faster than that. I think the fastest uh, was uh, at about 109 miles an hour. So, anyway, Tatiana Calderon is somebody to keep your eye on. We'll see if she makes it. Doesn't look too good right now. And then by the time the IndyCar race is over, probably around 2.30, uh, at 3 o'clock you've got the cup race on Fox from Fontana, and we'll all be watching that. And that'll about do it. Alan? Well, I'd like to say, uh, kind of back it up about Harris Speedway. They got new promoters up there. They were there last year. And uh, drivers meeting up there now. 
I should have said a little bit earlier, they tell you that if you are fighting, you will go to Rutherford County Jailhouse. So uh, no exceptions. Uh, you throw a punch up there now, you're going to jail. Well, I mean, so, just don't overdo this thing. Uh, maybe maybe if you land a punch, but, you know, swinging at somebody and missing ought to be okay. Well, that, 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 that just... <laughs> At Harris, it stands out to about 20, 25 people. It, it's just not two people going at it. Okay. When one, when one swings, it all gets Well, I going. mean, ha, have they historically had a, more trouble there than some of the other tracks? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I like what I said. Uh, 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 yeah. Well, uh, was up there one night, and a uh, guy named Rambo, he said, fights broke up down there in the third turn. Let's all run down there. I said, no. Because you run down there to watch a fight, they might turn on you and everybody starts fighting you. Yeah, no, you don't want that. Yeah. And it doesn't take too long to run to the third turn in a quarter-mile track. No. Well. That's turning something at you real quick. Let's don't clean it up too much, Greg. I mean, we, we a little, uh, you know, a little hard, hard tempers or are, are, are hard feelings and bad uh, tempers can can make it a little more enjoyable for me. I mean, you got to have a villain and a good guy and a, and a, some tension. Well, it's like I've always said. You're exactly right. And at different times been different people. you got to have the good guy, the bad guy. Uh, but I just, one thing I want to thank all our sponsors. I felt so bad for Jeremy. We pulled in for him 100%. He had a super car down there at Daytona. And I do, my wife got when she listens, and I want to tell my wife, Roberta, hello. And uh, she's listening, and I'm gonna get my brother on this Daryl on this show. Now, he don't. He says he ain't, but uh, I'm telling him right now if he's listening. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna twist his arm. Well, good luck with that. Happen. It ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Daryl is not one to string too many words together. If, if, you, if you pull that off, that'll be now. Brent Brent will come on. He and, and he's yeah. been on, but I. I Daryl, I don't think we'll need a very long segment to talk to him. And, it, and it's like it's like Larry said, uh, you know, he and Perry said, it. my brother Daryl was probably the most underrated engine builder in NASCAR history. He won a bunch of races and and in uh, Sports Car Club of America. Yeah, I mean Daryl could just put motors together, real meticulous, and everything. Didn't get a lot of credit. I I got a lot of credit for for stuff that he done. Uh, he really is a talented person. But thanks, everybody. I, I just love being on the show, and uh, I think I just love being part of it. Well, you got your homework now. I, I gave you a break this week and got the guest. You got to get us somebody next week, and I mean somebody big. Uh, Waltrip uh, or uh, Bobby Allison or somebody. Just yep. surprise me about Wednesday. But uh, we're gonna have, we'll have us a good. That's your assignment, and we are going to be on every week. This is our 153rd show, so I guess by the time we get done this year, we'll be pushing 200 shows, and uh, I don't think we're quite going to make it this season, but we'll try. And uh, You reckon Mr. Wilson would come on? Uh, that's a no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can get Wally, though. Oh, yeah. You said Wally said just call him up. Just call, He said call me up. Be more than happy to come on the show. Well, you know, we... We'll, uh, we'll let him get that new car broke out, see why he likes it, and then we'll... We'll dial him up and see see what's going on. Well, you know, we've got a lot of local tracks around here, and we want to promote all of them. So any week you want to just get somebody, let me know about it so I can sort of plan around it. But uh, 
I talk to any of these promoters uh, anytime, any week. This weekend at Cherokee Speedway, they got the big open wheel modifieds over. Next week, they got March Madness, and that's whenever they bring all the super late models in over there, and uh, gonna be a big show over there. Okay, run for money on that deal too, don't they? Yep. Well, that's it for this week. We appreciate everybody. Download else. our app on your smartphone or mobile device. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSBG Spartanburg. We are And here's what you need to know. We kick off a Super Sports Saturday with plenty of action on the hardwood, including the NBA. We're about... They're about to throw the ball in the air as Boston plays at Detroit on the college hardwood. Don't look now, but this is the final weekend before March. So we start the pre-madness today with one game right now as number four Purdue plays in 